Fierce Women Writing is a partner of We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that advocates for diversity in children's and young adult publishing at every level. They have many programs that support this mission, including grants, mentorships, and retreats for writers, classroom book giveaways, an app for diverse book recommendations, and others. Learn how you can help them put more books featuring diverse characters into the hands of all children at weneeddiversebooks.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, a podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Nicole Vick. Nicole Vick is a public health advocate, educator, and civic leader who spent the last 15 years providing tools and strategies to stakeholders, community-based organizations, and residents to improve health and prevent disease in some of Los Angeles County's most underserved communities. For the last 12 years, she's used both her lived experience and work experience to teach students about public health and social justice. For the last five years, she's worked as an adjunct professor in the Urban and Environmental Policy Department at Occidental College and has taught at Cal State LA, Ashford University, and the University of Phoenix. Thank you for being on the show, Nicole. Would you start us off with a reading from your new book, Pushing Through, Finding the Light in Every Lesson? Sure. Okay, so uh, let me start by saying that um, the part that I'm going to read to you is <laughs> the moment that I told my mom that I was pregnant. I got pregnant at the age of 17, 18 years old. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so let's get going on this. I wrestled with finding the right time and place to tell my family about my pregnancy. I was sure that they would all be so disappointed in me. I was the oldest daughter the smart one, the one who followed all the rules and never got in trouble. And now I was pregnant at 18 years old. I just knew I'd be in big trouble. The thought of my mother's reaction scared me the most. I feared her judgment and disappointment more than anyone else. She already disliked my boyfriend and thought he was a bad influence on me. So being pregnant added fuel to the fire and would confirm her initial feelings. Strangely enough, I didn't worry so much about my dad's opinion. He's pretty even-tempered and it has always been that way for the most part. My mother is the more expressive one, the one who often wear her heart on her sleeve and doesn't mince words. The thought of telling her made my stomach hurt. Although I was in college, I still lived 15 minutes away at home. Flora Tower had just been for the summer program. And at this point in my life, Home was my great-grandparents' house in View Park. Our family moved there to take care of my great-grandmother, who was in her 90s at the time. USC is very expensive, and there was no money for tuition, let alone a college dorm. 
Since I was still part of the family, like in high school, we would do laundry and go grocery shopping together. Therefore, the grocery stores turned out to be the perfect place to tell my mom about my pregnancy. She couldn't harm me in front of all those people. There would be too many witnesses. So this was the safest place to confess. On grocery day, we piled into the family car and headed to Ladera Heights. Our family had graduated from 32nd Street Market in our old neighborhood to the Ralphs in this more affluent community. The facilities were cleaner and the produce was much better. We parked, walked in the store, grabbed a shopping cart, and began to pick out our groceries. I slipped away to look for the prenatal vitamins and selected a bottle that I thought would work best for me. I headed back over to my mother and placed the vitamins in the shopping cart. Honestly, I had no idea how this was going to play out. Was I hoping she wouldn't see them right away? I don't, I don't know. I put them in the cart. She almost immediately picked them up, read the bottle, and looked over at me. Why do you need these? She said with concern in her voice. She was not angry or upset. She just asked a question straight out as if she was genuinely confused. I started to cry. I'm pregnant, I said through my tears. I waited for a reaction. I waited for her to freak out, yell, turn red, something. Don't cry. It's okay, she said and gave me a hug. I was very surprised at her reaction. She seemed very happy, which wasn't what I was expecting. I was glad that I wasn't met with anger or judgment. We went home and my mother told my dad, my younger brother, and my great-grandmother, whom my mother was taking care of. I was so worried about my mother's reaction that I had not considered anyone else's feelings. My father seemed to process it well, although I never really asked him about it. My brother's reaction shocked me. When my mom broke the news, my younger brother got up from where he was sitting and without a word, walked right out the front door. Knowing my brother, he was disappointed, mad, sad, and probably not happy with my boyfriend. He has always been protective of the family and I had let him down. We never talked about that day, but he eventually came back home and life went on. Wow, Nicole, thank you for sharing that excerpt from Pushing Through with us, and welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. I am so happy to be here today. Nicole, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? Wow. You know, I've realized that I like to write at night when it is quiet, with the wonderful soundtrack in the background playing, a Spotify soundtrack, and just have my laptop on my lap and just going. And that's when all the thoughts can flow out in a great way and I can get my thoughts out and get the work done. You know, I've been hearing from a lot of writers lately about the music that they have in the background. Do you curate your own playlist or do you just go with one of the ones that Spotify has? I have to have my own soundtrack. There are a couple of artists that I really love. Masego is one. He's really young. He's probably the age my daughter is right now, at 23, 24. But he's so talented and I love his music. So that definitely makes the playlist and is really good music to write to. Why do you write? Wow. <laughs> Why do I write? You know, I think that 
everyone has a story and that everyone's story is valuable. So I write because I think that my story is worth telling and worth sharing. And I also write because I want people to understand public health. So I'm a public health professional and I also teach public health. And I feel like, how can I get public health to be something that people understand and embrace, especially right now with the pandemic? So I write to help educate and also really to share my story with others. For people that might not have a great understanding of what public health involves, could you provide some context for that? Sure. The easiest way to explain public health is the idea of prevention of disease in communities. So public health is is the whole that whole saying an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That is public health in like one one sentence. So we think about things like telling people to wash their hands, wear a mask, because we want to keep you from getting sick in the first place. And the reason why we want to do that is because healthcare is very expensive. And, you know, if everyone is in the hospital at the same time, that becomes a problem, right? So our idea is, hey, let's prevent people from getting sick in the first place. Let's create a society where everyone has access to healthy options and resources. And that way, everyone has an opportunity to be the healthiest person they can be. Nicole, what are your best writing tips? Definitely the music. For one, you got to have a soundtrack. The second thing for me is I actually had someone help me, a book coach. She didn't help me write the book, but she kept me accountable. So, however, that accountability, works for you, maybe having a person help you um, remind you to write or setting up a calendar or a schedule to write. Some way to keep you accountable is awesome, Um, especially someone like me who's doing 5,000 things at once. Um, It can be hard to stay on task. So it was really helpful to have an accountability partner. Um, So the music, the accountability partner. And I think the other thing is to write Um, not for perfection. It's often really just important to get it out first and then you can refine later. Sometimes we get stuck in it having to be perfect. It has to be perfect. It doesn't. It's just a really good idea and strategy to get it out and then worry about the refinement of it later. How did you find your accountability partner? So I found my coach through a mutual friend and they were offering a free workshop on writing. And I took the class. She had these really cool writing prompts. And I realized, because we had to read them out out loud to the group, that I was funny. Like people were laughing (laughs) at my writing. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm a comedian. And so that's how I found her. Um, And she was like, I really want to work with you because you, you have something here and we need to try to figure out what this is. So that's how I found her. What are your suggestions for someone trying to overcome a block? One of the things that works for writing blocks, again, is that accountability partner. Um, I was able to bounce ideas off of her. And I'll give you an example. In my book, I wrote about my experience as a teen mom. And she wanted me to write about the moment that I found out I was pregnant. And I was able to remember the day I went to the health, the health clinic on campus. I was a college student 
and all the, the exam and everything, but I could not remember how I felt in the moment when I was told I was pregnant. It was like, it was a block. And I was like, well, I know I was there. I just don't remember how I felt. And so we were able to talk through that and she was able to guide me. Well, if you can't really remember, think about what the room looked like. Think about what time of day it was. And so we were able to kind of, she was able to help guide me through that. So I think an accountability partner actually helps for those blocks too. What about editing and revising tips? Editing and revising was probably the hardest for me. I realized that I needed to work on my vocabulary a little bit and to try to broaden and expand my use of words to describe things. So it really helped to write it out just the way you know, it comes to mind, maybe step away from it for a couple of days, come back to it, and then look at it again. It also helped that I was able to give it to my book coach and her lived experience is different from mine. And so she was able to look at it and say, I don't understand what this means. And in my mind, I'm like, why? That's obvious. You know, from my experience, I'm like, that's obvious. But it forced me to find other ways to explain certain concepts so that it was clear. So I think that was really, really helpful. We did end up having someone professionally edit, you know, proofread and things, but just that back and forth and and having her look at it with fresh eyes really helped to refine some of the language in the book. Nicole, was your book self-published? Yes, it was self-published. My book coach did connect me with a wonderful publisher that helped with everything. She helped me with my title. I had one title and it was like, yeah, it doesn't sound good. Let's find some other way to figure out what this book should be called. She helped with the cover art, the back cover blurb. Um, She helped me find, figure out who, who should endorse the book really helpful person um, that I could bounce ideas off of. Something that the folks that I've talked to that have self-published tend to enjoy about it is that it kind of removes the barriers that you can then have the book and put it out into the world and start serving people with it right away and not have to wait years to find the right publishing company that's a match. Yeah, I think that's also very true. And as the book has, you know, I I published the book, I have literally been doing that. I've been on Facebook, I've been in social media, I've been on LinkedIn, talking to people about why this book is relevant. Um, I've been on podcasts uh, um, with women that are in graduate school, and I've been able to talk to them and help them understand, you know, what their struggles are and, and give them tips on pushing through to the other side, which is graduation and, and the real world. So, yes, I think you're right that self-publishing gives you a little bit more control and kind of allows you to kind of get in there and, and do the work and talk to the people that need to hear the stories that you have to share. So yeah, it it was a great idea for me, I think, the best idea. Who are some other women writers we should be reading right now? So I have two. One of them actually I think was a guest on your your podcast, Trina Green-Brown. She wrote Parenting for Liberation and I'm really in love with the book. One of the things that she touches on that I touch on on my book is reconnecting with self. That, you know, oftentimes as mothers, as parents, we are so engaged in our children as we should be their success and their 
their lives and their health and their wellness that we often neglect ourselves. And, you know, one of the most important things I think is as a parent, you have to remember who you are so that you can then be of service to your children and make sure that they understand and recognize who they are. So I really love um, the book that she's written. She's an awesome mom. I've seen her her work. We worked together some years ago in a um, sort of a community-based uh, coalition in South, South Central Los Angeles. The other author that really, really touched me um, is Isabel Wilkerson. I'm reading her book, The Warmth of Other Sons. It's a large book, but it's about the Great Migration. And um, the book really hit me in a certain way. I, I can't even really explain it, only to say that the book really talks about how folks in the South, Black people in the South, kind of spread out across the country during the Great Migration. And it reminded me so much of my great-grandparents' journey to Los Angeles from Oklahoma um, and, you know, by way of Tennessee. My great-grandmother was born in 1898 in Tennessee and how she ended up in Oklahoma and then to Los Angeles. And so when I read her book, it really reminded me of the many struggles, um, the heartache, the trauma of trying to, you know, leave somewhere and, and make a new place or, or stake a new claim in a new part of the country that, you know, folks had never been to before. So I think that's the other book that really touched me. Um, it sometimes made me angry. I would read it at work and I'm like, I probably shouldn't be reading this book at work because I'm actually really upset right now. Um, but it's a wonderful, well-written book. And where can listeners find you online? I am on Instagram. My Instagram is Nicole D. Vick, and I am on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is also Nicole D. Vick. My website, NicoleDVick.com. So those are the main places to find me. Thank you for sharing your writing and wisdom with us today, Nicole. It's been a pleasure. Yay, I'm so excited. Thank you for the opportunity. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting Nicole's prompt at the top of your page, and free writing whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. What did you experience in life that at first appeared to be a huge hurdle that became a blessing? Gosh, I love that writing prompt from Nicole Vick this week. What at first appeared to be a hurdle but became a blessing. There's so many experiences that turn out like that, aren't there? Unexpectedly losing a job and then finding something that's a better fit. Getting rejected until you finally find the right place to publish. Making a big mistake and having to examine yourself, apologize, and learn to move on. Getting broken up with and remembering that the love, peace, and safety you give yourself is what really matters. I could write on that single prompt for weeks. And then when Nicole read from Pushing Through, wow, that brought up some serious memories for me. While I wasn't a teenager when I had my son, I was young and scared. Hearing Nicole's story of telling her family that she was pregnant really brought me back to that moment in my life. I love that writing can do that for us. Thanks for listening today. 
I hope that in our time here with Nicole Vick, you heard a little something that will help you push through. To write a little more. To help you get to the heart of things. To touch your creativity. I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Woman Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at Fierce Women Writing. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.